Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Warrior Women Project podcast. This is Warrior Woman Jen here and today I am very excited to have the very lovely Sarah Barr with me. Now, before we hit record for the first time and then the second time, we were having a chat about how we knew each other and it turns out that Sarah is somebody else that I have stalked successfully on social media that we have become friends in real life and coincidentally we met people we have mutual friends, um, which just sort of probably made it feel, yeah, it's okay that we like each other. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you feel about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it makes me not feel quite as weird about the fact that I just was like, hi, you've never met me before. Here's a free jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that jumper. I still wear it to this day. <laughs> it just seems so appropriate. And I was like, yeah, I need to get that to her. <laughs> so... Thank you so much. And now I know Haley, who sells. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And she lives in Milton Keynes, and it's like yes. the giant world is such a tiny world thanks to social media. So, Sarah, welcome yes. to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really good. I do need to apologise for my slightly croaky, but maybe hopefully a wee bit sexy voice um, <laughs> because my, my throat's going. Uh, I'll, obviously, we'll chat a wee bit more about my ME, but it's one of my ME symptoms. So when I'm getting a bit of a flare up, for some bizarre reason, my voice goes, my throat goes as well. So apologies for the croaky voice. It sounds, it sounds lovely to me. Yeah, sounds sexy. Yeah, we'll go with sexy. So why don't you not tell the listeners a little bit about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am currently running my coaching business. So the coaching business is really based around helping bring out your rock star. Um, So it's really about confidence coaching and getting rid of the fears that are holding uh, predominantly women, holding women back from potentially progressing in their careers or starting their business or perhaps if they're running their business, but they are a little bit kind of held back by doing things like podcasting or Instagram lives or public speaking or, you know, just really getting out there and they're kind of staying in their really comfortable comfort zone uh, and not being able to grow uh, whatever they need to grow because of that so that's kind of predominantly what I'm doing at the moment yeah so what got you into that sort of type of coaching um well about it was about five years ago when I was a training manager for years so I've always kind of um helped people but in particularly in the training that I used to do uh you know sort of build their confidence um whilst I did a lot of kind of practical skills training I also did a lot of uh, confidence training that was just the nature of what I did at the time um, and then when I went on about five years ago to study NLP and hypnosis and things like that uh, I was looking at kind of what niche I would really want to kind of get into and I just kind of fell into you know when you've kind of you you maybe find this yourself you kind of find yourself getting the same clients over again but not really knowing why um, and you get invited to events or you kind of do things over and over again you're like okay but this is obviously where my kind of strengths lie or what my kind of natural abilities are so that's just I kind of fell into it and it happens to be what I love to do as well so it's just been a lovely collaboration of that 
yeah, it's perfect when that happens. Like when you, I think when you're trying to find your purpose, it yeah. can be really, really challenging. But if you kind of let go of that and just let your purpose find you by exploring the things that you're good at, that's when things tend to fall into place a bit, a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Like I definitely, you know, particularly over the last kind of six months or so, I've really thought about, you know, nutrition and health coaching and things like that as well, because that's kind of where my interests have been. But yeah, I still seem to be doing what I've been doing. You know, I think, and I actually probably enjoy it better because it's where my, whilst I coach people to get out of their comfort zone, yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of my comfort zone and it's what I'm good at and what I really enjoy and what comes really naturally to me. So yeah. And everything that I see you do, you're ex- you excel at. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So you touched on right at the very start there about your voice and about it being a little bit croaky and about um, it being connected to your ME. How long ago was it you were diagnosed? Uh, January this year. It's really recent. Yeah, really recent, yeah. But it's been a health issue I've been struggling with for about 10 years now. So it's been a 10-year build up of getting to this diagnosis which has been very frustrating but we're we're there now and whilst I don't I'm not a huge person for labels it's been quite nice to finally be able to say to people because because you know a lot of people say to you what's up and you're like oh I'm just I'm a bit sore I'm a bit tired or I'm a bit this or I'm a bit that you know yeah but you know what's going on with you so it's quite nice to be able to say it's this thing and then they can go okay that's great and they can kind of go on with their lives do you know what I mean it's quite yeah. nice to have a, a, a title from that perspective yeah and do you find that there has been something particular that triggers it for you because I know I've had other people on and obviously with myself having Crohn's there are things that we know to be triggers for conditions that are classed under the, the big huge banner that is autoimmune disease um do you know what your trigger is for it um, i'm still in the kind of uh, process I've, i know that um being particularly busy is is going to be a trigger for me so i'm uh, you know uh i get what the doctor's uh, term is like boom and bust so i have yep. moments of my life where i boom and i'm have full of energy and depending on how much i'm how busy i am within that Paid or how much stress I take on in my life I know how big the bust is going to be um, but it's definitely worsened over the past sort of two years so I'm very I know that I really have to be very conscious of how busy and how stressed my life can get um, and also I'm, as I'm finding out over the past kind of few months and particularly the last sort of 30 days uh, the uh, food related uh, triggers as well yeah, um, which is just a bit of a kind of trial and error at the moment, you know, cutting out some things, introducing them back in, cutting out other things, introducing them back in and seeing kind of where I'm at with that. So, yeah, because there's so much, I mean, there's so much information out there and so much conflicting information. Um, like there'll be one person who'll tell you that a keto diet is the way to go. Another person will yeah. tell you a vegan diet is the way to go. So are you just like testing the water with these different types of things to see what works best for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know some of the main thing that I've discovered at the moment is um, sugar, yeah, which seems pretty obvious, and a lot of people are like, yeah, duh. Uh, but uh, sugar is, and even particularly with, and then adding into that carbohydrates. So I know that if um, I eat particularly a lot of sweet things, and unfortunately, my beloved wine <laughs> seems to be causing <laughs> issues now, it's just heartbreaking. Um, 
Uh, so I know the sugar is definitely a, a flare up uh, is going to cause me to flare up um, and I'm just sort of figuring everything else out I think particularly dairy as well I'm going to have issues with um, going forward as well uh, and I'm kind of still exploring gluten but it is is so much there's so much information for something that clinically and from a, an NHS point of view they don't have a lot of information on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's you know it's you can actually to be honest you can kind of overwhelm yourself um, and I think quite a lot of people do get quite overwhelmed and just fall into their, I'm just going to sit on the couch and feel a bit sorry for myself because I don't really know which way to turn because it's yeah. just so much stuff. Yeah. And that, that can be challenging as well. Because I know I've read something recently that, that reckons that sugar is going to be the new smoking. Like for when smoking first was a thing, it was all the men in white jackets telling you it was a perfectly healthy and really good thing for you to do. And People are telling us that sugar's okay, but actually when you dig down the the levels of sugar that we're consuming as humans is very detrimental to health and it can it's there are some people out there saying that it's associated to so many of the modern day diseases that we have. Yep, absolutely. I mean I was just um uh, watching some YouTube channels last night and they were talking about how, you know, originally as humans we only really it was like an autumn food sugar mm, and carbohydrates yeah. were like an autumn food um and so which was fine for us back back in the day uh, yeah. back as cavemen because you know we were stocking up for the winter um, and it was okay for us to slow down and things like that but uh obviously now we it's just every day you know it's, it's not an autumn it's not a one season a year kind of food now it's yeah. something we do all the time and our bodies are not built for it type thing so yeah absolutely Personally, uh, sugar has been in effect and I can definitely see why uh, when you read up about it as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think as for anybody listening, it is a case of trial and error. Take it out your diet for a set period of time, maybe seven days, maybe 14 days, maybe 21, if you can do 28, even better, and see how you feel coming off it. And then add a wee bit back in and notice the impact it has. Because when you have, your body builds up a tolerance to things and you start to think that sluggish is normal, so oh, you just like, live in that state thinking this is just how you feel exhausted all the time and your skin's blotchy or whatever the symptoms are that you don't necessarily recognize as symptoms because it's what you would class as an inverted comma as normal. Absolutely. It sounds a bit cliched and it does sound a bit kind of yeah, yeah. But for mm. me, um, when I cut a whole bunch of foods out um, and I was replacing with healthier or, you know, cleaner or whatever kind of foods like I I felt so much better and I didn't realize actually how rubbish I felt until I felt better yeah I mean like I thought there was a lot of things going on in my body that I just thought this is just the way I am obviously Uh pain fatigue my sore throat things like that that come up I know they're not normal but in terms of like that kind of sluggishness the brain fog um, lack of concentration I blamed a lot on my kids and just being busy with two small kids yeah you know and then actually I changed my diet and actually I felt great. And I was like, oh, I'm, I can concentrate. It's not the kids. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I've been blaming them. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can start working on that with them just now so that they don't then have it as a layover as an adult when my mum blamed me. <laughs> my mum blamed me for the fact that she couldn't concentrate. The fact that she was totally daft is not her fault, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you now you're mentioning the kids how do you manage to work around running your own business 
with the kids, with the husband and all the stuff that's kind of going on in your life? How do you manage to juggle all that? Um, very, very carefully. And I know that sounds a bit, a bit crazy, but um, I used to run my business, um, you know, all day, every day, at night, when the kids went to bed, you know, I was always doing something. Um, and now I've completely changed that kind of mindset. One, for my health, but two, I just don't think it's particularly healthy to be thinking about, you know, business, business, business all the time. Um, so now I have three power hours in the morning yep. um, when the both kids are away uh, at nursery and school. So between nine and 12, that's my get your head down. Nothing else happens within those three hours the dog doesn't get walked I don't answer the door you know I don't look on my phone it is just those are my three power hours um and then I spend uh, between 12 and 3 with my youngest and um both my kids were born very close together so she didn't really get a lot of time where it was just her and I because she yeah. always had her big sister there so those three hours that I get with her before the eldest comes out of school they're quite special so again I try really hard not to sit on my computer or do anything else um you know we just sit we have lunch and we do things together between that time um and then again uh, I work um and then the, the eldest comes home from school uh, and so I, I do they, they play together and things so I try and get a wee power hour done then and then I maybe do something at seven eight o'clock at night so it works out about six hours a day it's just very broken up um and I'm and I do get as I said those hours of concentration which actually work quite well for me um, where I can just sit down and kind of concentrate on doing one activity or two activities or my checklist that I know needs to be to be done yeah. um, and then I can chill out at, in the evening time and I do sometimes work at the weekends uh, depending on what's kind of going on or stuff that I want to to get done so that obviously hubby can watch the kids and I can do a wee bit some pieces but again I try to kind of keep that to family time um, because previously <clears throat> excuse me previously I used to work crazy mad hours and there was like no family time so yeah. and that that was kind of detrimental to family as well so it's just about you know making sure that I find that time to chill relax and and also work yeah I think that that doing those like power hour things where you don't answer the door you don't answer the phone like you put everything away that doesn't that's potentially a distraction is really really important because we get so much done in, the, in that time because I remember when I used to have a real job where I had to go into an office and work for somebody else and in the week leading up to my holiday I got so much work done because I knew I was going on holiday and I didn't want it there for when I came back and it's like yep. if you worked that kind of really focused really concentrated all the time you wouldn't have to work so many hours it's when all the distractions come in round about us that mean that we end up working 24-7 if we allow that to happen I know, absolutely. I mean, I'm quite interested um, in kind of flexible working and a lot of the kind of uh, parent uh, groups that are going on about kind of flexible working in the workplace at the moment. Um, not that it particularly affects me being self-employed, but I still yeah. am just quite interested in it because I know how hard it has been to, to have a job and have the kids. Um, and I was reading this um, about this company in Australia and the CEO had his wife, unfortunately, got cancer. And he had to continue to work because of healthcare costs and things like that. Yep. And but he still had the two kids to, to look after and pick up from school, and he had to do all the childcare from the dropping them off at school to pick them up. So he decided that he could only now work from ten till two. Yeah. 
And he said, well, do you know what? If I'm only going to work four hours a day or 10 till three, whatever it was, five hours a day, the whole company is going to work the same as me. Yeah. So he said to everybody in the company, okay, you are now working five hours a day. We need to get eight hours of work done in five hours. And do you know what happened? Absolutely nothing other than the fact that they actually made more money the company, like as sickness went down, people yeah. were happier at their work and the pro- um, productivity was exactly the same. Yeah. So I yeah. think that we do, power hours can be quite good because actually you would potentially spend four hours or five hours sitting at your laptop when you really only did two hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So um, I've definitely found that to work for me. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good tip for anybody listen. And even if it's not if you're not running your own business or if you are working for somebody else, even if it's like getting things done around the house, like housework or clearing out if you're like I'm going through I'm detoxing my house once again when I'm clearing out all the shit that I don't need. Um and just going right for an hour, I'm gonna spend that doing my wardrobe and doing the drawers in my room and the next thing you know, sometimes two hours have gone past, but it's been really focused where it's like, oh, maybe I'll do that or maybe I'll not. And you dip in and out of it and it's like, oh, and then you get nothing done. And it also feels like it's taking you weeks. And you yeah. you know, you're like, how am I still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually something else I'd like to talk to you because you've moved house recently. Mm-hmm. And I remember you seeing you post a picture on Instagram of this is my wardrobe and there was like six pieces of clothes left in it. Yeah, it's amazing. How did you do that? Best thing I ever did. You know, and and to be honest, I'm still slowly, I did, I managed to do loads of detoxing or decluttering when I was moving house. But even since I've moved house, there's a lot of stuff that's lying in boxes in my garage. And I'm just like, I might just lift that whole box and take it to the dump. Like, I might just take it to the charity shop. Do you know what I mean? Like, because clearly I've been here for six weeks now and I've not used it. So you know um but yeah like I just went I just I was great it was the best feeling of my life um going through my wardrobe and I was I was very you know cutthroat with it I was just like if I've not worn that if I'm if I'm keeping it for when I'm going to fit into it you know if it's a pre-children outfit that I've kept for five (laughs) years thinking I will lose the weight and you know what now I think I'm just this is me I got hips they're staying (laughs) as much exercise as I want I think my bones have officially moved wider and I'm that. That's fine. Um, no point in that so you know I just got rid of everything I got rid of loads of I kept loads of like work suits and work dresses and things like that yeah. um from from when I was uh you know a bit more corporate and uh just got rid of that um, yeah, just everything uh, loads and loads of like see the, those dresses that you buy to wear to a wedding that you'd never wear again because uh-huh. you either don't like you've worn it or it's the same people that you and I was like no don't need that um, so yeah just got rid of loads and it felt amazing like I got I took 13 bin bags to the dump of clothes it's scary isn't it yep it was and it, it felt you know when I go into my wardrobe now sometimes very occasionally I go oh <laughs> I don't have that outfit anymore <laughs> um but and, and that's mainly because of our weather at the moment, because we've got all this sun. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I threw out all that summer clothes because normally <laughs> we don't get much summer. And I knew I wasn't going abroad this year. So I was like, I'm definitely not getting used out of that. Um, but otherwise, it just feels quite nice to not have loads of decisions to make about yeah. clothes. You know, it's just that's my clothes and I either wear them or I don't. So and nobody yet in this past six weeks have gone, you're in that outfit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah they might start doing that now but they um, might know that you've highlighted it to people but i think people unless something somebody goes oh my god that top is absolutely beautiful or that dress or whatever because they're really really drawn to it most people will just look at your outfit and go you look nice or you are a riot and and that's it (laughs) like they won't remember and even if they do really like a top they might not remember that they've seen it and they see it again like they're too caught up in their own stuff yeah, like so, when was the last time that you saw somebody and you were like, oh, you wore that three months ago? You, know, like, you just don't do it. No. <laughs> or I saw that on Instagram, you know, I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> How could you possibly wear it again? <laughs> yeah, it's like I wore the same the same gym clothes two days in a row, but it was because I'd only worn them for an hour to teach one class the day before. And I was like, I'm not putting them in the wash. I've only had them on for an hour. I'm wearing them yeah. again tomorrow. And I'm going to Instagram that I was like, I was wearing this yesterday. Who cares? I don't, no, nobody will know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though it's so true but it's it's decluttering and minimalizing and detoxing your house yeah it's been it's been great I would highly highly recommend it particularly if you are suffering from any sort of stress and anxiety you know coming home and having a space that's clean and there's no mess and it just it helps it really helped me um just be able to relax when I don't go or that all needs tidied up, or that looks really busy over there, or I need to do this, where it's just clean and calm. Yeah, really, yeah. really my relaxation. Yeah. Did you um, read anything about it, like any of the Marie Kondo stuff or anything before you did that, or was it just one of those things that you instinctively knew you needed to do when you came to move? A wee bit of both. Um, so I watched the documentary, The Minimalists, oh, on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, so I watched that. But um, actually, my husband, he's been listening to their podcast for years, and he's been kind of talking about it for years and years, about um, minimalism, yeah. And which is hilarious because he is the least minimalistic person that I know. <laughs> I was going to say, so he's delighted that you've, you've joined him, but no, no, not you're all. leading the way. No the way yeah. um, he's listened to it I think in the you know but he's he's a bit of a photographer and um, he loves the outdoors so he has loads of gear do you know what I mean he's a gear yeah. guy like yeah. loads of gear so uh, loads of stuff like that but um yeah he's been listening to it years for years so we watched the watched the documentary and I was like do you know what this is the perfect perfect time um and I started to look into it and then there's um Oh, and our names escaped me. But Project Three 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 on Instagram, if you if you hashtag that and look through the hashtags of that, yeah, um, that's all about uh, like clothes and, and particularly for women, you know, getting rid of all the and basically living with like thirty three pieces of clothing. It was was her project, um, yep. and she wrote books on it and things like that as well. Uh, so I was like, oh, perfect. This is kind of it all came kind of came into my life as these things do you know started popping up on Instagram or as I said Netflix was showing me more and more things and I was like okay this is this is where I'm what I'm meant to be doing and it felt great yeah I think the important thing to remember as well which the guys in the minimalist documentary talk about and I know the Marie Kondo stuff talks about if you love something even if you don't use it if you see it and it brings you a sense of joy you don't need to get rid of it it's not about living with nothing it's about living without excessive crap in your life yeah Yeah. absolutely because I probably wore the same clothes before I forced myself to wear the same clothes if you see what I mean like I like my stretchy clothes as I'm sure you do as well they are comfy you know (laughs) I want to wear uncomfortable suit trousers to be around the house I just wouldn't do that now you know it's just to be honest, I probably wouldn't do it even if I had a corporate job now. I just would wear what makes me feel comfy. Um, so, yeah, I probably use the same things over and over again. I wear the same clothes over and over again. So it's just, 
I just got rid of the stuff that I don't use, even books and things. Like I've got a lot of books. I know that the minimalists kind of talk about books and, you know, getting rid of stuff like that. But like there's certain books that I love that I own. Uh I've read them, but I like that I own them. But see the rest of them. Do you know what I owned? Like the whole Twilight series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like six books. Do you know what I mean? Like, who needs six books on Twilight? Like, we get the story now. You, you know, <laughs> I've read it and stuff like that. So it's like charity shop, charity shop. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I've kept everything that I love, but I got rid of all the stuff that I don't really need anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's hat off to you. Hat off to you. <laughs> I'll keep doing more. You know, if I could do more, and and to be honest, actually, one day the kids were in school and nursery, and I got rid of four boxes of toys, and they haven't even noticed as well. Let's hope they don't listen to this podcast then. <laughs> yeah, years, years down the line, they'll be like, I knew I couldn't find that. <laughs> was that thing, kids have so much stuff. Like, I've, I've not got any kids, but when I go into some of my friend's house or, like, my aunties or whatever, I've got kids around and you're just like, they've got so much stuff. Yeah. Like, and they never play with any of it. No, I know. I know like, it's there's a, so it's much plastic that just sits in the corner that you're like oh okay yeah. well I got rid of as I said got rid of loads of stuff and we've kind of vowed from now on that um so there's only three children um there's my two and my niece in our kind of close family unit yeah um but so like my kids they've got five and five aunts and uncles five sets I mean like five yep. sets of aunts yep. and uncles um, and then grandparents and my family are divorced as well so you know two sets of grandparents from my side plus my husband so it's three sets of grandparents and see by the time they've bought presents yeah never mind their parties they go to and their wee pals and their whatever else and um it's it's a huge amount of stuff so we've decided that other than what Santa brings um from us particularly for birthdays and whatever else they will get experiences yeah um, not not stuff because they get stuff you know they're yeah. not going to be doing without and um, but us buying toys is just it's just crazy um and actually I just went to a birthday party with my uh, eldest on Sunday there and we gave uh, cinema vouchers to the wee girl and the nice. mum literally just messaged me this morning being like thank you so much that was the best present I'm totally copying that idea <laughs> um because she got so much stuff, this will be a really nice experience for us. And I was like, there it is. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Thank yeah. you so much. You and know. doing something like going to the cinema for a family can be really expensive. Like, Absolutely. So doing something like that, like p- getting those kind of experiences, that's a really good idea for So yeah. anybody that's listening that needs to buy children presents, buy experiences. Yeah, <laughs> buy experiences. Absolutely. And um, the thing is as well, like my, my kids, they, we did the same thing and got them uh, cinema vouchers. And they loved it because it's the wee plastic cards. So they yeah. went up. And they could do it themselves. Like they oh, bought that's them. so cool. So there was quite, you know, they enjoyed not just going to the cinema, but that wee bit of independence to be able to kind of do it themselves and kind of pay for it themselves and stuff. So no, absolutely experiences all the way. Awesome. Awesome. So what is the next step for you and your family and your business? So next steps, I would... I think quite a few events. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for the back end of this year. I'd quite like to do some more workshops. I've not really done some workshops um, for for quite a while. So, and as much as I do love one-to-one coaching, I love being in front of an audience. That's again, uh, where my uh, strengths lie and, and yeah. I just love it as well. Mm-hmm. So a few workshops, I'm just working out who I'm going to be doing, definitely doing one with the Empowered Women Project, um, which is a yeah. new kind of project in Glasgow that started up. 
So I'm going to be doing a workshop with them, um, kind of see what the feedback is and maybe do one of my own maybe in October time. Um, and other than that, it's just chilling out for the rest of the year, just working head down because it has been a bit crazy with health and moving house and whatever, whatever else. So uh, just head down and try not... Try not create any drama. <laughs> you know, we've had hospital visits and we've had house moves and things like that. So the back end of the year just to just relax and enjoy would be lovely. Take it a bit easier. Yes. So with your health, what are you hoping to be able to do as your next steps? And it's your at the moment you're working with your diet and sort of kind of doing detoxy type things to see what works for you and what doesn't. Have yeah. Are you on like medication and stuff like that from the hospital? Yeah, so currently I take um, beta blockers because I get uh, like palpitations um, yep. quite often. So I take beta blockers for that um, and uh, naproxen for the pain. Um, thankfully, that's all I take. I'm very lucky that that's that's all I take. But um, the, the to, to not take them would be obviously be the goal it's certainly not something yeah. that I want to do going forward be it, I'd like to be medication free yeah. um, and I've got quite a lot of through the whole I'm very very lucky actually um the I work with the um holistic hospital in Glasgow so mm-hmm. up at Gartnavel um and the, the my consultant there is wonderful so I've got I get regular fatigue and pain related physio um so I've got some eight week programs to finish with them and just, I'm going to go on and do some mindfulness CBT as yep. well. Yep. Um, so again, get those done. That should pretty much take me up to January. Um, and kind of by then I'd like to be, to be honest, I'd like to be recovered. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. going to put it out there. Emmy is something you can recover from. Yeah. Um, and I think people say that you can't, but I don't really believe that mindset. So yeah. if you can, cure yourself of terminal cancer then you can cure yourself of ME so uh, I'm kind of in that mindset of focusing on being 100% cured yeah yeah definitely so just for anybody who's listening you mentioned the holistic um, centre up at Gartnavel how did you get to go there was that something that you asked for or were you referred there I was referred there my my personal GP is wonderful Um, she's very keen to push whatever um, referrals she can get so she referred me to quite a lot of different things and some of them came back and said no not appropriate yeah. um, and other ones did to be honest once I got my diagnosis of ME and chronic fatigue uh, like a whole bunch of therapies and, and uh, referrals opened up so that's why one of the reasons why I was saying at the beginning like I was glad to get the label because it allowed me then to get access to things that previously yeah. without the diagnosis I've didn't have access to um so it was it was a referral whether you can self-refer there I'm not entirely sure um but I know that there's a lot of really really good and interesting therapies that go in there so definitely worth going on yeah, and seeing if you're you struggling get. with something speak to the GP absolutely probably absolutely. Is your best point. They, they do a lot for um it basically it's any sort of holistic care so they do a lot for any kind of things but a lot for cancer and a lot for mental health as well yep. as chronic pains um, and things like that so definitely worth investigating yeah yeah definitely because if those kind of because for some of those therapies when people are unwell if you can't work then you don't have the funds to go out and be able to go to somebody to get these kind of treatments um, absolutely which is one of the worst things I think you know yeah. that a lot of holistic care is 
private you know and you have to you have to fork out for it which I've been in a fortunate position I've been able to do but yeah you know, I know that's not an option for a lot of people yeah yeah so it's good that it's a part of the NHS for those people who qualify that can get in to be able to get some treatment there so definitely worth investigating if it's something that you are struggling with speak to your GP about yeah I definitely want to do some some fundraising for them once my health is slightly better as well because um my consultant was saying that just unfortunately as the NHS is and not to get too into this but you know uh, they are they're actually losing a lot of their funding and it's going on to to more like um you know medicines and things like that which yeah. you know is great in one hand but obviously mm-hmm. from a, from my personal viewpoint of the world you know if we actually were a bit more holistic and dug a bit deeper to the reasons for things perhaps rather than just treating the symptoms we might actually not have to spend all the money on the medications but there we go so uh, they are definitely losing some funding so I'm going to definitely do some fundraising for them. I definitely stand there with you on that one as well that if we dealt with the root cause of the problems we wouldn't need to have the NHS wouldn't be in such a big problem trying to treat all the symptoms because all the from what I see and from what I personally experienced a lot of the medications you get cause other problems which they then have to medicate which cause other problems and you're in a a cycle of medicine which I know I have an uncle who takes about 17 tablets a day for a whole variety of things and it's like if you look to the root cause you could maybe get off of a lot of those medications which one would cost less and two be less damaging to the body but that's absolutely. a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> and a whole other rant. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you on that. And it's definitely something that I've been, you know, I could uh, very easily, and I think people do, particularly when you're in the pain and fatigue, feeling just wanting to take the medication yeah. to stop the pain and, you know, just lie on your couch to feel better. And, it, you know, I've been there and I, I was off work. Um, I took eight weeks off where I was essentially bedbound for eight weeks. Um and like I could feel my he- mental health slipping and stuff like that so I could see quite easily how you would then end up on antidepressants and you know yeah. and it's just a snowball and I was like no Sarah stop let's try and figure it out and I'm not validating necessarily entirely trying to cure yourself the NHS has been massive for me yeah um, but taking my own proactive approach has been really helpful as well yeah you need to take steps in addition to what the NHS can do for you yeah, because you need to take responsibility of your own body. As I've had, I've spoken to a couple of other people that are dealing with different kind of chronic illnesses, and they've been the same. They've taken responsibility. They're like been to the doctors. They've done the crisis management medications, or whatever, and gone right. What other things can I do? And they've gone out and researched and reached out to other people who have cured or have gone into remission or are managing without medication to see what they've done and and it is trial and error because what works for one person won't work for the next person like we were saying earlier with the diets keto will work for one person veganism will work for another something carbon specific diet will work for the next person and then something else will work for somebody else so it's just listening to your body and doing what feels right for you Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so just to round up, I want to thank you very, very much for your time and for being on the podcast and for our very often very different tangent kind of conversation. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I think Love we, it. Co- we covered a lot of topics here. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> <laughs> Is there have you got any final comments just before you go that you want to share with the listeners? 
Um, do I have any final comments? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. That would be definitely yeah. one of my... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, What's your Instagram handle? Um, Sarahbar.life. Yeah, I'll put the Sarahbar.life. Follow me the there. Yeah. Um, and if any listeners are in and around Glasgow and want to uh, throw me some opinions or thoughts on what they'd like to see from a workshop point of view, um, then I'd love to hear what because I obviously have my own ideas, but that's yeah. not necessarily what people are asking for. So mm-hmm. it would be great if you're in the kind of. Uh, empowerment confidence building you know health related like we'd love to hear what your thoughts are yeah perfect so i'll put the details of how to contact era into the show notes so please get in touch with her if you want to have a chat and i am gonna sign us off so thank you so much for coming on apologies thank you for having me Apologies for the wee tech problems at the start. It's just podcast. So thank you so much. I'm just going to stop recording. So that was my interview with the very lovely Sarah Barr. We went off on so many tangents, ta- tangents or even tangents, and had a lot of fun doing that little recording. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, remember and please pop over to either iTunes or to SoundCloud to give us a five-star review or give us some love. Share the podcast with anyone that you think may enjoy it, may get some benefit from it, may get some understanding. Follow follow Sarah on Instagram and me if you're not following me on Instagram. I'd love to have you over there. I'll put the links into the show notes and we will, I will speak to you on the next podcast.